And welcome back to the Community Rewatching 101 podcast. That's right, if you've already passed Community Rewatching 100, this is one higher, and that means it's one better. And for today's teaching assistance, we have Al and Thomas, who are going by new aliases, I see. <laughs> yes. You don't have to introduce yourself, just long, awkward pauses make for great podcast material, just keep it going so we have al allison and professor tomlinson apparently i guess yeah i i thought about it for a while i was like going uh professor T- tomlinson or professor torrenson but professor and thomas it's hard to really do a mishmash there so it was the best i could do yeah yeah al doesn't give you a lot of room to work with either so I was uh, I was trying to go for some kind of blanket fort pun, and uh, I, I had nothing. So Al Allison seems like exactly the kind of name that should appear on a driver's license, which I conveniently have. Don't look at it too close. So we, we've got Justin, we've got Al, we've got Thomas, etc. But today we do not have Heather. Unfortunately, she's sick. Or is or she? she? Yeah, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is a conspiracy. She's just letting, uh, trying to take a day off and using an excuse that shouldn't really fly here. So, yes, Heather, we see right through you. Uh, get back on the podcast, please. So she, she's like, nope, can't hear you. It's daiquiri o'clock and uh, all the bells are chiming. So, yeah, there we go. Well, she's going to miss out because today we are covering season two's conspiracy theory and interior design or interior decorating or interior something or another. Uh, I don't know why they just kept on going. Just call it conspiracy theories. I think that would have just been fine. But we're I'm 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 pumped. I'm pumped. I love this episode so much. I'm ready. I'm roaring. I was excited the last time we recorded it, And then I realized we were going to do this next time. And I'm like, oh, it's like an early Christmas gift. I can't so. believe the run we're having. Season two is just such a great time. So far, at least. Yeah, but both plots in this episode are so memorable. And I, I forgot they were the same episode. I actually kind of can't believe they're the same episode because yeah. they're both so classic. And it kicks off with a diorama. And that's a question I wanted to talk to ask you guys. Like, when the when's the last time you made dioramas? And did you like doing them? Do you think there's educational value? What's your overall opinion on dioramas as an educational tool? I think the last time I used one was third grade. And I made I made like a fake TV. So it was like a long strip of paper curled around two pencils and then you would like turn the pencils and it would gradually bring a picture across the fake TV screen of the diorama. And I forget what it was about, but that, that was it. That was the extent of my creativity. The rest of my life has been a downhill slide from that height. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you guys think about dioramas? I think that they're super fun. (laughs) Um, I, probably yeah, it's probably fourth grade for me i remember very specifically creating a, a jungle biome with some plastic tigers uh but i don't think i've had to do one since so uh maybe it's time i restart maybe that becomes my new side hustle is dioramas for hire <laughs> you know that's like an etsy thing right you could make dioramas and sell them as little yeah bookshelf you know i mean people do that sort of thing why not thomas what do you think I think I respect dioramas. I like looking at them, uh, but I don't. I don't like making them. I don't think I have much mastery over cardboard, and it just it gets the best of me. And the last one I remember in school, I will, yeah, I, I don't know what I was doing. I was just sticking bits everywhere, and I wasn't very happy with it. But I do remember it's slightly adjacent. But I remember making a board game once in primary school, and you had to mm. like. Uh, was this like an assignment? It's pretty cool. We had to make a a board game and I like invented one that was so complicated and it actually kind of worked, but it was extremely complicated and uh, had all these different rules. So I enjoyed doing that, which is diorama-ish. It's an interactive diorama. You know, if they would just did dioramas with Legos, I think every kid would love doing them. <laughs> 
and they'd be so much easier to work with anyway. So I love, I think the really underrated Shirley line of the episode is when she just goes, my kids are in elementary and I think we make more dioramas than they do. (laughs) (laughs) I just like that. Like this this little window into Shirley's life. She just comes home and tells her kids, you know, this is what I did today. I made a diorama (laughs) like bomb. That's so childish. Come on. I mean, any to the art team on Community, particularly this season, they've had to make so many, and they're all so good. They must have a good time. Suspiciously good. There's a, it's an amazing diorama that they put together for this. I'm really impressed. And I, I love how proud Annie is of the sunglasses on all the animals. <laughs> and, she, and, and the fact that Abed gets it. <laughs> All right, well, before we get too deep into the episode, we can come back to the diorama. Thomas has a summary for today's episode, and we will get into our analysis of it. Go for it, son. Yes, Community Season 2, Episode 9, directed by Adam Davidson, written by Dan Harmon and Chris McKenna. Just as Jeff is being busted for inventing and not attending a fake class conspiracy studies in U.S. history, uh, conspiracy theories in U.S. history... My apologies, Professor Professorson. Uh, His fake teacher, called Professor Professorson, appears in the flesh. Having no clue how this is possible, Jeff and Annie investigate the mystery, holding fast through threatening anonymous phone calls and terrifying car bomb explosions. They discover that Professor Professorson is actually Professor Woolley, and then they discover that all of night school is a sham. And then they discover that Professor Woolley is a drama professor called Sean Garrity. And then they discover that the Dean staged it it all to teach Jeff a lesson. Everyone gets their hands on heaps of prop guns and fake blood. There's an extensive shootout in the study room with enough threads, alliances and conspiracies to leave the Dean absolutely shattered by the end. Meanwhile, (laughs) Troy and Abed build a whole blanket fort town. But it quickly becomes mainstream and they're forced to shut the whole thing down. That's what happens in this episode. Conspiracy theories and interior design. It's amazing how much they crammed into this episode. <clears throat> and you can kind of understand why they there's so much going on that they actually cut out like half the cast. And you, you kind of don't even notice or miss them that much. I'm, I usually ding the, an episode when I, I realize that they haven't used the whole ensemble. I'm going to let it pass this time. I think it's okay that we just going to get a Jeff and Annie story over here and a Troy and Abed story over there. And that's kind of what we're getting. Yeah. I think I read online that they, they initially wrote in an excuse for Shirley and Pierce to not be there. They were driving off somewhere to get burgers and then they're eating burgers at the end of the episode. And <laughs> they were going to say at the start, they, they got there off to get the burgers they must have got cut out. <laughs> Maybe they should have had the, like the credit sequence. Like we could have just seen what they were up to the whole episode yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So uh, we start out with uh, the fact that the Dean is a little suspicious about something going on with Jeff and his classes. Uh, but as we're finding that out and as we find out that the Dean has a secretary named Agnes, who I don't know if we ever see again. But she's there. She's awesome. She's saucy. She's real. She's keeping it hip. Uh, she at least has a hip. Uh, we also see how Annie has made another weirdly super detailed diorama. Now, apparently this was done because every year, like NBC would dictate, hey, it's Green Week. And all of the sitcoms had to do something Green Week related. <laughs> uh, I think last last season it was the Green Day episode. Remember Environdale and all that? Yep, yep, yep. And so this was their the writer's way of just saying, let's get it out of the way. Let's do this quick diorama. It has something to do with the environment, and that way we can say we, we touched on the subject. And then we're going to uh, ignore it for the rest of the episode. If that's the case, then hats off to them. I, I like that kind of snarky note avoiding from shows. But... But the diorama is cool. You guys are saying it's cool. I like the, the tiny little slow car that she's got a whole steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, going. yeah, it's a full size <laughs> steering wheel. The when the car. button was suffice, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, what's going to matter if you steer left or right? You're on a track. <laughs> but I'm actually I'm impressed. The top of the diorama has um, 
was it alternative fuels, imagine a brighter future, but every letter has been taken individually and stuck up on a popsicle stick. Yeah. That's so much work. <laughs> That's yeah. And it's got a Pegasus. Naturally. I mean, you just know, like she, she, Annie plundered her bedroom for all these little cute animal knickknacks. Like she did not have to go to Michael's and buy all this stuff. This was not a Hobby Lobby run. This was Annie just going, I've got this in the bag. So uh, but I like the, yeah, the diorama that I want to see is the one that Annie mentions that will be in the cafeteria that afternoon that a boy has made a diorama <laughs> about a world without dioramas. Without dioramas. <laughs> wow. What does that even look like? Just the world, I guess. But like sadder. <laughs> it's it's so meta. Yeah, it's I the love world that. with fewer hobby lobbies. I like the uh <laughs> I like that moment when Annie's showing it off and she's like the the animals with sunglasses because it's a brighter tomorrow and Abed just applauds. Like he is just so fast with the he's so excited about this uh this whole diorama. Quick to approve of it. Yeah, I like that about Abed. He's like a little, little kid sometimes, and <laughs> just charms me when that comes out. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, here we here we kind of get the fracturing where <laughs> Britta, Britta's kind of blowing off everything because uh, she's adult. And I love Troy going, okay, enjoy eating fiber and watching The Mentalist <laughs> as they leave in the room. <laughs> Do we eat fiber yet? Are we up to that stage of our life? I I did it once. It was not very fun. I take a pill. <laughs> well then, I eat fruit. I hear it's got fiber. I don't know. Meanwhile, Thomas is like, "What? What is getting old? I don't know. <laughs> Never happened to me." Forever young. <laughs> I want to be forever young. Yeah, so they Troy and Abed get this idea to do a blanket fort sleepover because they're already doing a sleepover, and oh my goodness, the flashbacks! Um, you did you guys do this when you're young or even last week, like making blanket forts? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was more of a couch cushion fort guy, actually. That, but okay, that's that's acceptable. Every time the the big memory I have is every time I would go over to my friend Andrew's house. His parents were much more cool about like him wrecking the house to create these giant blanket slash pillow forts. And we would just like I would be over there the whole weekend. Like I would go to his house on a Friday and then he and I would go to church on Sunday and I'd go back home then. So we're like, dude, we got all weekend. Let's make this awesome fort. And we'd set it up and then we'd bring like his he had a TV. I mean, that was it, dude, in the 80s. That was a big wow. deal. You had a TV in your bedroom. So he would bring the TV in there and we'd bring snacks and pillows and flashlights. And I don't think we even left to go to the bathroom. I don't know how that was possible, but <laughs> we we lived in those forts all weekend and it wow. was just the best ever. I'm just remembering so. now one or two times when uh, I made basically kind of blanket forts with friends outdoors like in the garden which in hindsight that must have been a nightmare for the parents involved oh like everything would have gotten so dirty <laughs> <laughs> i got one more other quick story i'm not trying to one up you i'm sorry it just kind of popped into my uh, mind here we go fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was gonna go visit uh an old a old massively co-worker actually and so I was going up to Seattle for a convention and she invited me to stay at their house with their family. And so I got to her house, but she wasn't off work yet. Her husband wasn't off work yet. She said, Oh, my kids are there. They'll let you in. So her teenage kids let me in and we were like talking and we're just sitting there. I'm like, I, you know, like I've never met you guys. It's got to be a little weird. And they're like, yeah, it's a little weird. I'm like, Hey, let's make a blanket fort. How many blankets do your parents have? <laughs> And they, they were like a lot. I'm like, let's get all of them. And we made this giant blanket fort. So when she came home, she was like, what the heck is going? And they all pointed at me. They're like, he made us do it. This weird guy who came in our house. Uh, that makes was, me so happy. It was it was awesome. I was very proud of that moment. Um, okay, well, let's get back to the episode. Uh, because Britta says, who wants to hang out in a blanket fort with grown men in underoos? 
and the dean. Hello. <laughs> I like Jeff's knowing nod that just comes with. He's like, "Yep, that's accepted." <laughs> it's it's so uh it's so like sitcom catchphrasey, but like in the yes. best way. <laughs> It's community doing the the line that would get an audience laugh each episode. I also want to say Britta is totally being a hypocrite here. Because later in the episode, she's hanging out with grown men in their underoos in a blanket war. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. Well, well now it's become the cool place to be. Yeah. <laughs> she makes a stand until it's no longer convenient. And then she flips around, I guess. Sounds about right. Uh, such a, Thomas and I were talking before that, and we had to actually stop talking about this because we we're talking before the episode that this was such a good Dean episode. Like, if you like the Dean and you have been missing him, I think he was entirely missing the last episode. This is a good episode to just like get your fill of Dean Pelton. Uh, we find yeah. he's he's making a scrapbook of Jeff apparently. That's definitely the correct answer, right? He lists a couple different things he might have been doing, but it's definitely the scrapbook one, right? (laughs) (laughs) If I was Jeff, I would want to find and confiscate this scrapbook for sure. This is when he still had hope that he might be able to separate himself from the Dean. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That's true. Uh, So the Dean catches Jeff. He's attending a... Made up class with Professor Professorson, and Jeff is just getting no no sympathy, no support from any corner in the room whatsoever. <laughs> it's so good when Jeff defends the name. He's like, "It's Dutch. I think it means professor." <laughs> 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 yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> and Dean goes, "I've always dreamed of playing charades with you, Jeffrey, but not like this." And not like not on dry land. (laughs) I have so many questions, and I don't want to ask them because it's just funny out of context. And yeah, you're better off not knowing. You're probably he's such a mystery, but also at the same time oversharing all the time. (laughs) Oversharing, yes. (laughs) This is a great opening. Like this whole opening is just. Here, I, I found myself laughing like about 10 different times before the opening credits. I thought that's a really good sign of a solid opening for this show. But anyways, we set up. Uh, I, I do kind of want to split things off a little bit. So let's let's talk about just this blanket fort construction part where we won't. We'll do it. Talk about everything leading up to the chase from the perspective of Abed and Troy. So they, they have a sleepover. They start making the blanket fort, but they are unsatisfied with it because it needs to be bigger to be a blanket fort for men. I like this pause because you think you know where the episode's going. And just I was like, no, we need to make it more ridiculous. Not, yeah, not yeah. take it down. I'll be honest. Even their initial blanket fort, like, I would be perfectly happy with that. It's got two different lamps in it. Mm. I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a nice little, like, domicile that they've created here he needs to get his tv down there he's got a tv and game systems and dvds he's need they need to sit in there and watch the kick puncher series or something did you did you see the kick puncher poster by the way oh no, no i missed on, it yeah he's got a he's got one on his wall i guess they made one up for his room nice <laughs> right. also i'm not at all surprised that abed has like full-length matching jammies but I am a little impressed that Troy also has like totally color coordinated cool pajamas. I wouldn't expect that of Troy, but I'm happy it's there. I did not look at their pajamas that much. That's interesting. Yeah, Abba's green with fish, and Troy is uh, orange and blue with uh, different sports balls. We actually meet a new character for the show, Pavlo. I think he's in other episodes. No, Pavel. We we had a Pavel thing in a previous episode. Did we? Where? Yes. He, uh, sometime in the first season. I don't know. You had us all go Pavel, except I screwed it up. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for remembering. <laughs> I don't remember. We have a all. return. Pavel. <laughs> Pavel is mad sleepy, and uh, I like this little bit where he's talking in Polish. I think to Abed and Troy just tries to get in there (laughs) and the subtitles of him just botching whatever he's saying is great Uh, we we need more of that 
And just those little like something about really fast little jokes like that, and then they just keep going on. I also I love like their that. heads popping up with like whack a moles with talking yes. to him. Yes. <laughs> It's a genius of the single camera format. Like if this was a traditional three camera sitcom, you know, the laugh track would have stopped everything in its tracks. You know, it'd be like, ah, ha, 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 he said something weird. Okay, now. Um, but for this format, it's great because it's just like, like Arrested Development, like the jokes just boom, 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 boom. And you get them, you don't, you can get them on the next turnaround, I guess. But they start spreading the blanket fort past the room. And I like, I mean, they don't, this is obviously the B plot. We don't get as much of the blanket fort stuff as we do of the A plot, but we do see a progression. Like the blanket fort starts small, then it gets to room size, then it spreads past the room, then it spreads to almost the entire whatever building they're in. And then it spreads apparently nationwide and all in a single night, which is pretty impressive that this also became a national thing that got into a newspaper that night uh we'll we'll just roll with it so one question i wanted to ask you guys i I think we've got a little bit of space-time bending going on here so we know that the same building that troy i'm sorry jeff and annie are in that had the library in it is connected to whatever drama department night school hallway i mean the same hallway they always use yeah but it also looks like it's connected to the dorms like is this one giant building that has like all of these things in it because they end up going into the blanket fort or did the blanket fort like leave the dorms and somehow cross over into a new into that building you know i Whoa. think for something to yeah, go, now I'm go just ahead. sitting here frowning i'm i'm like yeah that is a mystery so thinking back to, to my university now, we had the freshman dorms. One of the three freshman dorm buildings was like had like nine floors to it, but then also a connector into the student center, which mm-hmm. also connected to the cafeteria and the little auditorium area and the uh, the student lounge, and then into some sophomore dorms. It was pretty comprehensive. So I, maybe I could see it, but it didn't go to any classroom buildings. I do feel like for this to get into the paper, especially so quickly. It would definitely need to go outside. You know, there, there would have to be something like that. That'd be pretty cool if we they had the time to show us like a shot of the larger campus with all these like blanket tunnels leading everywhere. Yeah, they had that that crane that they had for that Abed filmmaker episode. So yeah. they could have done one or two passes, maybe some rented a helicopter for a day or something. If you guys were going to make a blanket fort today, what would you put in the blanket fort? Oh, uh, I mean, I would do like a lot of very comfortable and yet back supportive pillows. Um, definitely, probably yeah, fairy lights. Some like s- snacks in a lot of different places. Like particularly if it's a big <laughs> fort, you want like quick access to nearby sustenance. I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I was gonna go with. Uh, I need some kind of a wedge pillow. I think, and easy access to a small refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, television, a couple of board games that don't require too 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 much space. Um, hmm. I wonder what the like the lifespan of a blanket fort is too. I mean, Troy and Abed probably make the right call to not let this go on too long because, I mean, I I've got to imagine after not long, it becomes pretty smelly, um, pretty that is a very unhygienic. Point. Well, and and also consider this: uh, crawling kills your knees after oh, a long yeah. time. Oh yeah, I was thinking about I, the actors in this episode. Jeez, I, there was a while back that I was helping um, a bunch of people to build like a haunted tunnel. With t- we had like about twenty different refrigerator cardboard boxes, and we linked them all together, and we made this giant maze, and we were doing like so different parts of it. Where like you'd go through, and there'd be stuff hanging and stuff screaming at you, and some things where people would reach in and grab you with gloves. But as we were constructing this, we were like crawling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and after about an hour and a half, my knees were red. 
and I was I, I should have had like I should have been like one of those old ladies that wears the uh, knee pads for gardening or something. But yeah, crawling crawling that much on carpet that's with tiny little thin pajama pants that's gonna it's gonna chafe, man. It's gonna yeah. chafe. Yeah, it's not good. I wonder. I assume surely that the actors were wearing like knee pads in this for that fast crawling in particular. Uh, it's just logical because yeah, that would hurt a lot even though it did look fairly well padded their floor um they 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 didn't skimp out on some blankets on the on the ground as well so do we need like knee pad dispensers around the blanket fort (laughs) (laughs) probably not a bad idea or even what about like dollies if you if you need to get from one place to another you could just lie belly down on a dolly and kind of propel yourself up and down a hallway Oh, like those things they have the park and rec department that are just like like little yeah. mini skateboards. Yeah, I like how they didn't <laughs> neglect lighting either. Actually, in in this blanket fort, they've got mm-hmm. like fairy lights in places, and you know the different zones we see kind of have different kind of lighting. Um, that's forward thinking. Yeah, there's this- um. <laughs> Go ahead. Do we feel like that this the? I'm curious because I, I look at all this and I say this is Abed. This is clearly an Abed thing. What does Troy bring to the blanket fort? And, and uh, not to denigrate Troy, like I, I'm curious though because I they're, they're, they're rights museum. Well. Oh, there we go. Okay, sure. <laughs> and Pierce's mom's Pierce's mom. memorial <laughs> tunnel or whatever. It was. <laughs> I love that. That was such a good little callback. There you. We already forgot that she died, and they're like three episodes later. Nope, we're not going to forget. We're going to make a memorial tunnel for her. Ah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I think I, th- I think of uh, Troy as kind of the enabler. Like, I think you're right, Alan. It's kind of an Abed thing overall. But Abed would never do it alone. He needs like someone who says, "Yeah, it's no fun yes, doing it by yourself." Do it. Mm, yeah. Good point. Good point. And like I said, and that's not to not to look down on Troy at all, but I just can't imagine Troy having the attention span to put all this together. <laughs> well, I, I mean, don't... when we go into what next season and they have the blanket fort versus pillow fort, that's true. Thing, that, I mean, that's Troy true. really steps up and he's 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 a leader, right? Uh, another little thing, really quick. Um, I like when they start building all the the larger expansions and Leonard shows up. <laughs> And kid PJs, no less. I noticed his PJs, and he has a stack of blankets. Like I stole these from my son's house. Yeah, I don't know why, but I love. I laugh so hard at that. Uh, Leonard's so life good. is not like ours. And then the on the other end, at the end of the episode, when they've brought it down, we've started looting. <laughs> Yet. I know I don't remember who was or wasn't, but we weren't. We all weren't fans of the the Pierce joins the gang of old people plot in the yeah. in the show. But I just think that whole plot tracks so perfectly with the Leonard, the progression of Leonard throughout the show. It makes complete and total sense to me that that's how he spends his time. He really is just like a uh, kind of like this slacker twenty something slacker, but as an old guy, and it works so well. He just. Because he's like making YouTube videos and he uses slang and he's just like, he's cool and he just happens to be like 110 years old or whatever he is. So, um, yeah, I love Leonard. All right. Well, let's let's put a pin in the blanket fort thing and go to the Professor Professorson subplot. Uh, I don't know if they're specifically trying to kind of homage a particular film or tv show or just generally conspiracy plots in tv where every once in a while a tv show kind of gets really clever and tries to do some sort of fake out and conspiracies or community said yeah hold my beer we'll do like 10 of them in one episode (laughs) but uh but here you go we we find out that jeff takes him to professor professorson's office and it's a supply closet. He is astonished. <laughs> he's not. If he's lying, which we we find out, yes, he is lying in, in this moment. He's like such a bad liar. He's just. 
Yeah, he's not believable in the least. And really, I think he's like all in on this. He really I seems. I, I like Jeff a lot in this episode, which is a shocking admission from me. I know, but <laughs> he is likable. Yes, he just seems so game to like. Yes, let's dig into this. This is awesome. I don't know. I, I really enjoy him. I, I don't know. I, I buy him in every turn in this episode. I really do. <laughs> and then as as they're just like uh, the Dean and Annie are just kind of dressing down Jeff. <laughs> this guy shows up and they got they casted this guy. Great. I love this actor. I don't know what his name is uh, offhand. I don't have it in front of me, but he's so good in this part. And. He just pops out. He's like, I'm Professor Professorson. And he's got the ID. Let's let's keep that in mind. He has a Professor Professorson ID, which is something that since Jeff made up the class, this guy either had access to that or just happened to have tons of IDs with different names on them. Uh, but he has this uh, Professor Professorson thing. And I just love that. Uh. His ringtone is dun dun dun. <laughs> so it's a little good. Oh, uh, we we find out that community has a night school, and um, yet Jeff Jeff admits to Annie he's like I've never seen this guy before in my life, and even though it exposes Jeff as a total liar, and Annie's like slapping him around, he's just too like weirdly tickled that this all worked out for him anyways. And he's like I don't know, I don't know. I, like I, I think that's the moment that finally that convinced me to like that made me like Jeff in this episode. He just seems so thrilled. Yes, he's just he's not being smarmy. He's yes, like, I should have been caught. I don't know why I even went to the supply closet. He knew he was going to get caught for it, but he just goes through the motions, and it was still worked out for him. So uh, I still haven't fi- worked out clearly in my head. Maybe we'll we'll yeah. we'll work it out shortly. But like. In this scene, who knows what I haven't clocked on. Yeah. Like, is this, does the Dean know what's going on here? Maybe we'll come back to it when we uh, get to the later part. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's remember that. I like this little quote where Dean, Dean says, well, back to writing Time Desk, the Chronicles of Dean Dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff says, that will be the worst book I'll ever read cover to cover. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and why community didn't like hire somebody to just ghostwrite that book and publish it i don't know because we'd be reading it today well Jim i was Rush trying to as a writer he could do it that's true he should i would 100 percent read that <laughs> the maybe they can, can that go on our want list for the community movie mm-hmm. oh dean dangerous yes oh, that'd be so good the Greedale right. Drama Department's putting on a production of Time Desk. If they could do a crossover with The Office and have him meet uh, Michael Scarn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, we could just we could just drop the mic on civilization as we know it, and we'll say, that's it. We, we crested. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I will say, I think this is, and correct me again if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time Jeff... We get any mention of Fat Neil because Jeff says something about wanting to go eat because Fat Neil has a look in his eye or something like that. And yeah, so, I, I think you're right because I've been waiting because I know his big episode is coming up in just a few. And I was wondering when we were we were finally going to hear about him because he hadn't shown up yet. So it's kind of cool, like looking at these little seeds that they're planting for, you know, no explanation, just kind of like, oh, there's this other guy. Uh, Jeff speculates in this moment. There's his ego for you, Al. He's he's a god. He's like, I've <laughs> ignored the signs for too long. Accurate Jeff response, yeah. <laughs> Love the narcissism. Thank you. Uh, but you know what everybody loves about this episode? Every time this episode gets quoted, nine times out of ten, it's Annie deciding to give up standing and language. <laughs> And just thrashing around this on the floor, going blee blah blue blue blah as people are walking over. That should have been my name for the recording tonight. <laughs> yes. Oh, and what totally makes it is the extras. Like they're so genuinely just like trying to get past just normally, just stepping over. <laughs> it's so 
my god. She, Alison Brie, is so good at that kind of physical comedy, and it's just beautiful to see her do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Annie. Thank you for taking it all the way to the floor. And, and apparently she gets up and sends Jeff 11 I can do it myself texts. <laughs> you work too hard at passive aggressivity. I like that. Um, so Annie wants to get to the bottom of the conspiracy. Jeff doesn't really want to, um, but he finds out that Annie's going to Nancy screw him out of his credits. <laughs> Beautiful wordplay. Chef's kiss. Mwah. That's, uh. So uh, so Annie gets the faculty book. There's so many points in this episode where I'm sure you guys were like pausing too. And the faculty book is one of them uh, where you got to look at this little. First of all, they have a yearbook for the faculty where you can look at their little pictures. Do you, Al, do you guys do this? No, definitely not. It mm-hmm. It feels to me a little bit like a. Like a pre-social media, like Facebook thing. Like this is the you know, well, like Harvard had the Facebook, which was a picture of all the people who lived in each dorm. You know, it feels like that kind of thing to me. Like I don't know, I've never seen anything like this. Maybe on a web page, but not in like a no, 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 no. no. Where they no, ask each teacher's, each teacher's favorite foods and colors, like they're in kindergarten. You know, it does track with Dean Pelton. Uh, I could just see him insisting on this. What's your favorite color? Yeah. One of their favorite in. colors is unlimited. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know. But we see some of the classes. We get a lot of class titles in this episode. And four of the ones here were learning with an exclamation mark. <laughs> indoor camping, which I guess Troy and Abed are already doing. Uh, introduction to basics. And active passivity. <laughs> they must have had the best time coming up with fake class names for this episode. And I love the, I love this college so much. I wish it actually existed that I could go there. Uh, anyways. Every, everything about their night school is just genius. <laughs> that it exists and that they would have never talked about until it's convenient. Same with the... But does uh, it exist really? Annex. What? But does it exist really? <sighs> well, he, I mean, in a fake way, it's got to have existed as long as Garrity says it's been existing. So it's been chugging along for a while, but have there been classes? No. So it's just all sort of digital with dot matrix printers and whatnot. I don't know. I am really happy about all the dot matrix dot matrix printers in this episode. Something about it just really tickles me. Yes. Annie, do you know what this means? Jeff, yes, you are making me do work for my fake conspiracy class. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, Annie says, this goes all the way to the top. And Jeff says, this is Greendale. If there's a conspiracy, it goes all the way to slightly below the middle. That is well, uh, well worded, I think. <laughs> You know what I think I like about this episode hmm. is that it is like you, you said before, like you weren't quite sure if the professor professorson was aping a specific movie or something like that. And and I, I don't know that it is, but everything in this, this, this plot particularly grows really, really specifically out of Jeff's personality and Annie's personality and the Dean's personality. You know, these are all like logical Maybe not logical. These are all just extensions of things that they would normally be doing, taken to a ridiculous extreme. I, I feel so? like, well, I, I feel like Jeff coming up with a fake class to try and get credit, and then just trying to bluff his way in, as long as he possibly can to make it work. And Annie going way, getting interested in something, and then just taking it way, way, way too far and doing way more work in it than she should. And the dean trying to maintain academic integrity while, you know, keeping his neuroses under control. Uh, maybe that one a little less. I don't know. I just feel like every action that the characters take in this episode is is just part of who they are. It makes sense to me, given the characters as I know them. I don't feel like anybody's acting out of character or out of, uh, like, plot necessity. And yet, in an ent- I agree with you, but yet in an entire episode full of conspiracies and hidden everythings and disguises. 
we never once see the dean don a disguise that's that's a wasted opportunity ah uh, no you found something wrong with this episode yeah that yeah, is a problem that, that'll be it that'll that's be it. true <laughs> not even <laughs> not even a criticism uh so annie gets a call it's a suspicious angry call is this either the dean or garrity calling her i think it depends on how far she's hooked into anything at this point okay because she gets a or Jeff, I'm sorry, Jeff gets the call uh, warning yeah, about Annie. Yeah, and he can't stop the car, and Jeff gets yeah. the call. That's why I think it's the Dean, because the Dean, of course, has Jeff's number. But maybe he does get Garrity to do it. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> we do the yell, the slow-mo flying tackle as Annie tries to turn the car on. It doesn't start, and then uh, it sparks. So small and cute. It's adorable. A, what does Jeff say? It's a tiny, thoroughly underwhelming message. <laughs> it's, I, I love this I, moment. I think on the commentary for this episode, I heard they, uh, the writer was saying when they showed this episode, uh, when they put it on airlines, uh, they had to, they chopped out the the third explosion, the third spark of the car <laughs> because apparently it was too. I know, too serious, too scary for passengers on a plane to see <laughs> uh, the wow. slow motion yeah. spark of this tiny little car. Which is crazy. Because <laughs> it's like hilariously nothing. <laughs> they have all the different like angles the camera's doing. Because of course, like when they have car explosions, they always film it from like 10 different angles and <laughs> get their money's worth. Here, you just know some prop guy was like, okay, I've got to make like this tiny little car shoot tiny little sparks but it's got to be visible to the camera but it's got to be cute it's got to be adorable and he must have had such a great week that week yeah uh, and then one of two very meaningful face-to-face moments with jeff and annie in this episode which uh i again i i forget like where any kind of things are headed this season or next season but um i don't know why we're still getting that or if there's something they're leading up to i forget so oh the the tackle on the floor and the long pause and the i probably shouldn't have had to tackle you there yeah and then at the end in the blanket fort when it comes down they yep oh yeah right yeah. close next to each other yeah mm. uh, it's just because rich isn't there that moment <laughs> annie's heart is really too rich <laughs> should be uh, we we find out uh, we also see another list of night school classes. We see I'm going to really quickly, unless you guys have a list that you'd like to to read through. I did not write it down, but I do like studyology. Studyology, yeah. History of something. Um, principles of intermediate. <laughs> class 101. I like. I I don't know why. I just really like class 101. Uh, theoretical phys ed, which I feel like we've heard before. Uh, math one two three, simplified Chinese reading with a question mark, normal ascertainment, and canned response awareness. So, <laughs> again, that's uh, that's what they're doing. But they they go out in the hallway. They're studying this. They find out where the fake night school is, and they see Professor Professorson, aka uh, Garrity jog out of the cloud or come out they they try to corner him and he starts running and the chase begins i don't know why this episode wasn't considered for an emmy just for this scene alone but it totally should have been and i'm only halfway kidding here this is so awesome it was so awesome i actually stopped the episode called my daughter in who's never seen anything community because i'm still not sure like how old she needs to be to see some of these episodes but I'm like, you got to watch this part. I gave her no context whatsoever. I'm like, it's just a show about college people. And we watch this and she's like, Dad, this is so funny. I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> so what do you guys want to talk about the chase? The chase, they chase uh, Garrity through the, the blanket fort. Well, I love just how it starts uh, with the professor, you know, walking away. So... Uh, just mumbling about random things and then taking, going for the fake sip from the bubbler 
<laughs> from I'm sorry, from the what? Uh, uh, from the um, water fountain. Sorry, guys. The bubbler. The bubbler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Do do you do anyone? Does anyone call that a bubbler there? We say no, bubbler. but that's nope. that's the most adorable thing you've said all day. So. I'm <laughs> I don't even think that's an Australian thing. I think that's a Thomas thing. He just calls it a bubbler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going, son. I'm sorry. Um, so he's at the water fountain. <laughs> uh, now that just yeah. sounds awkward. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird to say that. Um, and it's such a terrible fake out. Like, they're just standing there behind him watching him. And then he makes a break for it. Uh, so hilarious. Welcome to Fluffy Town. No smirking, no farting. And yeah. no pillow fighting, right? Fluffy. Oh, possibly. Um, no, I love how perfectly this mimics, you know, just every '90s thriller, where you've got to ch- you've got to chase down your your suspect or your lead or your whatever. And uh, again, without specifically aping something, it manages to just totally convey that, like I'm leaping over rooftops and ditching you know, <laughs> and running down alleys and trying to. Uh, yeah, he hides in the parade at one point. <laughs> it, it's such a wonderful convergence of both plot things. Yeah, yeah. it's rare to see like two very separate separate plots kind of coincide so neatly. It makes such good sense when they come up to the blanket fort and they're like, "All right, we're going in." You would have never thought that these two things would have come together, especially if you've seen a lot of previous episodes where the A and B plot are almost completely divorced but i love i love that they had this plan and you like the first time you're watching it through you would not see this coming yeah and then it happens and you're just like this is genius i this is amazing and, and so the whole thing great that troy and abed become their guides and like it's the so little flashlights on their heads yeah, with them and, and getting stuck when leonard's going the other way yeah <laughs> And he shouldn't be there. He has three farting strikes against him. Come on, Leonard. <laughs> but they go through. Is it they call it Little Turkey? Is that what I'm? The, I'm the Turkish right? district. The Turkish district. That's right. That's right. And then the the Latvian Independence Parade. And the uh, the weird room, the eyes wide shut room, apparently. <laughs> hookah hookahs and people painted and and Britta. Probably the best one second of Britta in the whole show. Are just sitting there with a well, she's got like a martini and she's like, Hey, <laughs> the end of a shirtless guy with like a like a one flew over their cuckoo's nest, uh, you know, like electroshock helmet on or something, or possibly just, just a colander. I'm not sure. Just the whole chase just stops, it crashes to a halt, and we get this weird little moment, and then it just continues, and you're just like, What? Back the TV up. What did I? It's very Lynchian. Yeah. It is, and just having Britta being the one there, it they could have they could have had Pierce, they could have had Shirley, but Britta just makes it. Because um, also, I think they're playing a little bit into Stoner Britta, which oh, yeah. we've been <laughs> tracking. How the show's kind of doing a lot of this on the down low, but yeah, the uh, the Latvian Independence Parade. Love the costumes. And, love whatever weird instruments they've got going on there. Yeah, and I love that Troy knows whatever the thing is that Professor Professorson is is playing. It's yes, he knows the name for it, which just delights me. <laughs> I like the the parade comes and he's like, "Has yeah, a Latvian Independence Parade," and they look at him. He's like, "Don't look at me. They had the right permits." <laughs> <laughs> That's what Troy's for. He's the permit handler. Naturally. Yeah. A, this a society town. has rules and yeah. If you stick to the rules then look what can you do? You're Troy has the conch shell. Yeah. Uh so we we get some the, the conspiracy eventually unravels and it unravels some more and then it just keeps on unraveling far past the point of any the episode making any sense whatsoever. I don't think we're supposed to actually get to a point where we understand what's going on. Uh, we do find out that uh, Garrity was making up night school that he's, or apparently professor professorson was making up night school and this whole room full of 
monitors and printers and everything like that. And he's like, did you just pronounce et cetera? He's like, my Latin class was fake. <laughs> I love that. And then he sits down and he's like, we're, would that this desk were a time desk that I could correct my past mistakes, ride dinosaurs, fight with Jack the Ripper. It just kind of keeps on going. And I'm like, I had to stop the episode and I'm like, I've got to write this down for posterity. This is, <laughs> this is the only, this is the only bit of this book we're ever going to get. And uh, that, that kind of keys Jeff off that this is not actually Professor Professorson, but rather a drama teacher who's being blackmailed by the dean to do to pay him in drama, to pay him in acting. <laughs> I think this is the moment where the episode kicks into like the perfect gear for me. Like I've been enjoying it, but I've been up until this point a bit like, oh uh, yeah, this this guy, he's I don't know, maybe he's slightly overplaying it sometimes. It's a bit. It's a bit much for me, but then when you find out he's been playing this professor character and he's an actor, uh, and he didn't even like the character he was playing, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever play a mo- uh, game that came out a few years ago called Firewatch? It's really oh, I heard popular. heaps about it, but no. Well, I won't spoil it too much, um, but it does kind of revolve around a gradually unfolding conspiracy and it's really cool. And everybody who's ever played the game gets really into the conspiracy only to find out like at the end, there's not really conspiracy. It was just a lot of coincidences. Mm. And it's such a, it was such a weird tonal shift and a letdown because whenever you're into a genre, like a book, TV show, movie that, you find out, oh, this is a conspiracy movie or story. You want to see it unfold and you want like this incredible revelation. And when you don't get it, you're really let down. Community says, well, you're going to get like eight of these. And each one's going to be better than the last. So just hang on. Here we go. Wait, and I, f- I feel like this was, this episode came out in 2010. And you know 90 was it 90 i think i'm pretty sure it was 99 when the sixth sense came out right mm-hmm. and that kicked off this whole wave for like 10 years of every movie had to have some kind of third act twist and so many of them were just terrible you know or they, they knew they didn't have a good twist so we're just going to do five twists right on top of each other you know do you remember the game uh david fincher's the game with michael yeah, yeah. sure do that, that was one that had, like, <laughs> twist upon twist upon twist. Yeah. By the end of that movie, I was so annoyed by it. I, Were you? That was I, not I your... just couldn't buy it. Like, this has gone past the point of anything <laughs> I'm willing to accept. It was um, not that believable in then, no, no. But people love it. People love that. You know, I recognize it's a beloved Fincher movie, but, yeah, that one's not for me. But it's a good example of how these conspiracy stories like when they unfold the conspiracy it has to make sense in retrospect because right. people will look back and they will go back and if it doesn't make sense they're going to call you out and mm. um and so here it's just like does it does any of this fit and they're like well but none of it's really the conspiracy because it's the actual things a conspiracy no it's this thing that's a conspiracy and you kind of sympathize with the dean at the end where he's just curled up in a fetal position on the floor screaming and <laughs> not knowing what's going on. Yeah, this episode is an example of doing this in a way that's so complicated. I like I don't even I don't know if it makes sense uh if you think about every step of it, but I'm not going to spend the time to check all the fake guns and element. Yeah. <laughs> who's shooting who and who's not dead and uh, I mean, there's some really good reactions in this scene, uh, but then, oh man, probably the only criticism I'm gonna, I'm just going to get it out of the way is that right at the end, this really smells like Arrested Development, where hmm. that, that whole episode where they're teaching the kids a lesson. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> that doesn't bother me, but too, I can see yeah. it. And that's why you should always leave a note. Leave a note. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. So they, they yeah, they're, somebody's teaching somebody a lesson, and that's the whole genesis for all of this. And the dean is just betraying everybody left and right, but he's always ending up on the wrong side of it. And 
Um, and apparently time travel is really hard to write about. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the root of the issue. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, I, I, I love his reaction here where I think it's the, like the last person gets shot and then stands up and he's like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So he's just on the f- no, go ahead. in this scene. So if I've got this kind of roughly right in my head, multiple of these characters are getting shot and playing dead for a moment, knowing that they've got another one coming up with someone else. Like they're basically like, they've already pre-planned <laughs> the next one, which is crazy to think about. Like that, and some of them have blood squibs. Yeah, some of them don't. Yeah, that's it's a we- lot. Which is also a great play on all those movies because they, uh, so many of them end with them just happening to have, you know, again, guns with blanks and blood squibs. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, so, yeah, in this episode, they just, everybody's got them. Why not? <laughs> I was a little Another... bit surprised how graphic it, they let it be, actually. I mean, because the, the shots the shotgun blast. some of those squibs look pretty good. So It's not like Die Hard where it was... I mean, those squibs, man. <laughs> Every time I think of blood squibs, I think of the original Die Hard because, man, some of those were shooting out like 10, 15 feet past a person. <laughs> did, did you guys uh, see the guy who played Theo passed away today? Who? On, uh, the, the the actor who Theo played Hushville? Theo. The, uh, um, the, the terrorist in Die Hard. Uh, the uh, the, the, the no. black guy. Yeah, the, the black guy, the computer hacker. Yeah, oh. he passed away today. The quarterback is toast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor one out for you, dude. That was right? he was fun. He was the only guy who survived. I know. Oh, he was also guys. also apparently had a big role on Walker, Texas Ranger, but I have never watched that show. I just know him as Theo. Theo. <laughs> really underrated little line in this episode at the end where the, the cop says to Garrett, he's like, Hey Sean, you got breakfast plans? I do now. Yeah. <laughs> and they go off good answer that's a friendship man that's i want to i want to keep the episode going i want to follow them and see where meanwhile we've, we've got the dean who apparently has a new case of uh ptsd because he's got his hood up and he's like we're this hoodie a time hoodie <laughs> probably the line of the episode i just it's- want i want that on a hoodie and there now we we know how we're going to make our millions. We gotta we gotta have a CR one hundred and one hoodie that says "Wear this hoodie a time hoodie." Uh, uh, anyways, the blanket fort spreads nationwide. They institute protocol Omega, which apparently involves pulling on two socks and having the whole thing self destruct. And yes, Leonard starts the looting. So there we go. I thought that was a really fast and convenient way to just kind of end that whole blanket thing. <laughs> let's just blow yeah. it up. And it's, I, yeah, I love that there's a built-in self-destruct option. Yeah. It's very convenient and also very, very Ovid and Troy. Yeah. And they even get the end credits. They get to tell each other a story. The every other word story. But, but oh, Troy but I- is really into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like before before they get to the end credits, after mm-hmm. the blanket fort comes down, they look at each other and I was want to build a cardboard submarine? And Troy says, get out of my brain. It's <laughs> <laughs> on to the next thing. <laughs> they are like little kids. It's beautiful. All right. Um, well, let's let's wrap up the episode. Let's give our give our uh, report card here and we'll give a grade and our final thoughts on the episode. Again, really wish Heather was here with us. I know she didn't like last week's episode that much. And I thought, Oh, hopefully this will redeem it in her eyes. So, (laughs) so I'm going to have to find out later what she thought of this, but we'll start, we'll start with Thomas. What do you think about this episode? Well, I've hinted at it before, but I'm going to say it out right now and definitively. The Dean is my favorite character, and this is a low point for the Dean this episode. A very low point, but it's a high point for me. Because <laughs> that is so fun <laughs> to watch him completely broken in this episode. Uh, and all the twists are so much fun. I was gonna I, I was gonna throw in this like tiny little 
just a tinsy little criticism of the blanket fort thing that I, I thought it could have gone further and there's so much more they could do with it. But that's when I forgot that there's going to be another episode with stuff like that. So that's fine. I'll, I can wait till that. This was a great taster. Um, so, yeah, really funny episode. Uh, really enjoyed every part of it. It's an easy A. Yeah. All right, Al. Uh, I'm right there with Thomas. I, I, there's, if I have to, com- if I have to complain about something in the episode, it would only be I think that the little stinger at the end isn't very interesting. Um, Troy and Abed doing the the every other word game, but that is such a such a such a tiny complaint that it's not even a complaint. It's just a just a thing that I noticed. I think this is really funny. Like you said, there are people in the episode who are effectively missing, and I didn't notice until you said something. I'm just really, really overjoyed that we we got to this episode because it's so good. It's so funny. It's so clever. And I think you could almost say sometimes community, it's not that it's too clever, but like when it's aping one really specific thing, that's always neat and always fun. I like this so much more where it's just weird <laughs> and it's playing on pop culture things, but this is just, it's fun and weird and everybody's having a great time while they're doing it. No one's taking anything too, too, too seriously. This is just delightful. I'm over the moon about this episode. AAA. <laughs> You're like a uh, Ralphie's teacher in Christmas story. A plus, 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 plus. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think something we talked about a lot, or I talked to maybe more than I should have in season one was I like how community would often tap into the tone and actual like the weirdness and, and fun activities of college that aren't just the normal movie college things of parties and, and beer and, and girls and guys and stuff like that. Uh, but rather the oddities of college, like getting a bunch of still fairly young people in the same place and they will do some weird stuff. And that's, that was a lot of my college experience. So I, I like this episode that it kind of taps back into that with the blanket fort that it's, it's kind of weird. Like you watch kids grow up and there's this period of time, like junior high, they love doing crazy stuff. They're really imaginative. Then they get to high school and there's like, they almost become too self-aware uh, they they become very like not all the time, but, you know, just like trying to be proper, trying to grow up, trying to be cool. And so they kind of lose that sense of of fun and just being able to kind of really cut loose and being goofy. And you rediscover that when you grow older. And that's why I think it's you know, sometimes people get that back in college. Sometimes you have to wait until you're a dad and you've got a kid. And that's a good excuse to do whatever the heck you want. Uh, so I, I like that they they just grabbed onto this blanket fort thing and just really went with it. Uh, Cause I could see that like in the, in the environment of Greendale, this would be a big thing. Like everybody would totally get into it. And I like that. It kind of just gave this sense. Like it wasn't just this small group that we're following around, but rather it was kind of the, the larger community of the college. So that was fun. Would have liked to see a little bit more of that, but that's kind of the time restraint of the episode. That was genius. I'm sorry I keep using that word, but I really I thought it was really well done that they brought the A and B plot together just for that one thing. But that one thing was really, really good. Um, other than, you know, just not being able to follow the conspiracies at the end, but that's kind of the point. I, I laugh my head off the whole episode. There's great lines. There's great visual gags. There's a lot of, like, good pause the dvd or you know streaming or whatever and just look at the little details and as as you said al jeff is really likable and it's kind of like yeah this is the kind of jeff we need more of and (laughs) annie annie you keep just flailing around on the floor and being you because we love that annie so yes easy a for me as well i I knew that even just before even rewatching, I just, oh, I love this episode. It's one of the best of season two. So, all right. Well, that's it for today's episode. We do want to encourage you to check out our Twitter handle at 101 Rewatching. We just asked everybody, how many times have you watched the entire run of Community and the admissions? Oh, my goodness. Uh, people put me to shame. I thought I've seen this show a lot. No. 
No, there's <laughs> some people just say that they have it on a constant loop. They just keep keep rewatching it, keep rewatching it, keep rewatching it. So hopefully we're adding a little bit more to your to your fun there. So follow us on Twitter and check out some of our individual projects, uh, such as mutantreviewersmovies.com. We'd love uh, we've got a culty, very culty Christmas coming up where we're going to spend a couple weeks diving into some of the weirdest, craziest Christmas movies and TV specials you'll ever see. So mutantreviewersmovies.com is the place to go check that out. That's it. That's all I got to say. What do you guys want to say before we go? Say something for posterity. Blue, 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 blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs>